Hello and welcome to Back of the Grid, uh, the uh, Pascal Verline of Formula One podcasting, where people tend to not show up to do the job from time to time, but we usually find a more than adequate replacement. Uh, I am your now regular host and always here all the time, <laughs> Tom King. <laughs> but as you may have noticed, I am joined back as usual by Chris Evans and Stu Greenwood. Hi. Hi. How was your holiday, boys? <laughs> you make it sound so sordid. I know. Um, yeah, it was good. It was good. It was good smell. It, it was good apart from the missing Formula One part. Yeah, the missing Formula One part was problematic. Did you miss it? As in miss it, miss it? Miss it. Missed it and missed it in both yeah, senses of the word. Yeah. 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 You've got it coming up this weekend. Yeah, There's more to come. Plenty to make up. For it. Another early morning to make up for it. So, <clears throat> Did you watch the whole thing back in full? Uh, most of it, yes. I watched the extended Channel 4 highlights, which is like an hour and 20 minute highlights from an hour and a half race. So it's basically the whole thing. Yeah. I've always described those as it's the race with about five minutes taken out to make it deem as highlights. Yeah. <laughs> they just take out the odd lap here and there that you don't even notice. Yeah, or if there's just... like a dull middle bit, it's good when they take the yeah. dull middle bit out because often we find there's... I find there's a there tends to be a lull at some point in the race when not a lot happens. Maybe that's why we get so many contradicting opinions of that was actually a good race and that race was dull because <laughs> yeah. some people are watching it on Channel Four and the entire middle bit has been removed <laughs> yeah. and it jumps from like lap twenty to lap fifty one. <laughs> not stop that race. <laughs> Breathless. Oh. Yeah. So yeah, good stuff. Um, I think we should just crack on though and uh, get on with some sporting. Related stuff. Do we not want to talk about how I am winning the predictions game, or should we not? No, that? no. Let's not talk. Okay, about let's not that. mention that. Let's not mention let's, that. Chris. The less said about the predictions game, the better. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll give you the moment of glory and give Stewie's moment of shame later <laughs> on in the show. But we'll we'll cover the big news, which we kind of did with a little bit of a joke on the run-in. We swapped our usual Minardi line out for a Pascal Verline joke. Because he's decided he's still not fit enough, guys, for China. Oh, he's just all took it out, bless him. Mm. Well, maybe he's been cool. up a mountain snowboarding. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't see him. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine you just go skiing past us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you're supposed to be. <laughs> Shouldn't you be in Australia? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird, though. Like, I've never known an F1 driver kind of do this before. It's usually the other way around. It's yeah. usually a driver's injured, wants to get in the car, and they won't let them. Like yeah. Alonso, they they stopped Alonso racing yeah. because of his back after Australia last year with his huge crash. Yeah, and it's usually that way around because that's where um, good old Stoffel popped up, isn't it, and yeah. scored his points. Yeah, yeah, so. it's it's very strange, and he's already said that he might miss um, Bahrain as well. Yeah. Which I guess they're back to back, so that kind of makes a bit more sense. It makes a little sense that if you're going to miss China, you're possibly going to miss Bahrain as well, just because of how close together they are. Yeah. But is he, is he even travelling with the team, do we know, at this point? Is he going out there? I'm not sure. <clears throat> I've not said at the moment, but... Yeah, I'd be interested to see Giovinazzi get a couple of full race weekends. Well, yeah, that, that is the flip side of it, is we're all going to be chuffed that Giovinazzi's getting another race, because... Yeah, we're, we're fans of him here, I guess. We are. Well, it's, me and you are. I don't yeah. know about Stu. Stu can't stand him. 
Oh, well. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> bye. Bye. I'll quit. <laughs> I mean, he was, he was pretty top in Australia, wasn't he? Considering he had, like, a day's notice that he was going to be driving a Grand Prix. Yeah. He was awesome. Yeah, super impressed. Yeah, it's... And with a non-competitive car, realistically, as well. Yeah. Like, you know, it's it's between them and McLaren for the wooden spoon at the minute, and you'd expect McLaren to be at least a little bit ahead of Sauber just because of the resources that they have yeah. and the driving talent that they have. So for him to be there or thereabouts with 12th, them... 12th was it he finished? Yeah, 12th yeah. in the race. <clears throat> finished ahead of Stoffel. Mm. Stoffel, was, Stoffel was plum last, but yeah. he finishes in 13th I mean, and he was 12th. That's the thing, 12th sounds impressive, but it was still last but one on the track. Yeah. But even so, he made it to the end. That's that's more than yeah. the likes of um, old Lance Stroll managed. That's uh, that's one of the most striking things, I think, about this this this, this change in the cars is, is the work that the drivers have got to do in yeah. the cars. You can hear them on the radio struggling to keep up, you know? Yeah. Like the last few years, you'd hear them on the radio, and it sounds like they were sort of popping down the shops or something. Yeah, it was a very calm conversation, and this yeah, year yeah. is like intense. You can hear them out yeah. of breath. You, I don't know whether you covered this on the last episode, but they they just sound really, really intense when they're on the on the radio. Except um, except Jensen. Jensen always sounded like he'd just gone twelve rounds with someone on the radio. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah he did. So, what what do we think then? Do we think that this could spell a permanent replacement. Do, do you think they'd ever go that far, or do you think there's a contract in place that means that when he decides he's fit enough, he will get the seat? Well, back? he's a Mercedes boy, isn't he? He's pretty much there because Mercedes want him in Formula One. So, sadly, I mm. think he's just going to stroll back into that car as soon yeah, as. I he... think that's part of the whole reason why he's able to do this is because he's got the the freedom to do it. Yeah, he's definitely. Got the backing of Mercedes, and you wouldn't catch you know you wouldn't catch someone like um, uh, Danny Kvyat doing this. He's, can you imagine no. Danny Kvyat? No. Oh no, I can't. My back's hurting. He'd be out and he's be told to sling his hook. He'd be gone. Yeah. You'd you'd have expected. Giovinazzi to be the one with the seat out of the two of them because it's a Ferrari engine in the back and Giovinazzi's the Ferrari guy I guess Sauber will just take whatever they can get at this point when when you get to that end of the grid there's all kinds of crazy deals going on isn't there just to keep you on the grid speaking of of Sauber I did enjoy on the um, formation lap in Australia um when they like projected a Sauber onto the grass with like a happy 25 years <laughs> and everyone on Twitter went, don't worry, it's not broken down already. <laughs> I, I was more concerned with the size of it. I was like, yeah, I heard they said giant. these cars are wide, but that is huge. <laughs> a giant broken down Sauber. <laughs> Should have been a bit of smoke coming out of the back of it. Maybe. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that... That's the most interesting and most up-to-date bit of news I think we've got. But Actual bad news. Yeah, it is to a that certain is, extent. Yeah, yeah. For, for a change. So I'm, I'm hoping Giovinazzi does well again. Yeah, I, I do. The question is, is, I suppose, does he possibly move into pushing Ericsson out? It's possible, yeah. Mm. If he can outperform Ericsson across two or three races. Yeah. So I don't know how much Ericsson's bringing to the table in terms of uh, money, but if Giovinazzi's got Ferrari money behind him, then a bit of a discount on those engines, maybe. Yeah. So, 
We'll have to see. Yeah, I, I hope he does well. Yes, me too. Um, in other news, Lucas Degrassi won what was quite a dramatic Formula E race in the weekend just gone in Mexico City. Yes, he did. It's a fantastic <laughs> race. Yeah, I thought it was a, a very entertaining race, considering that there wasn't a huge amount of overtaking, similar yeah. to what we've we yeah. had in Australia. I thought it was still an entertaining race. Yeah, a lot of that was down to the track, wasn't it? The track didn't look like it warranted itself too much. To uh, well, they made uh, a couple of changes to the track this year, didn't they? They changed the first and last corner, I think, to try and make it <clears> a bit more flowing and encourage a bit of overtaking. But it's effectively it's the old circular auto, well, oval autodrome with a couple of chicanes stuck in it to kind of slow them down coming out of the... So they do a chicane at the end of the start-finish, then the old, huge first turn, then a chicane, then they went in and did part of the stadium section that the F1 track does, but then they kind of came out of the stadium section another way and went back onto the full old final turn, the, yeah. the full length one. I actually uh, But that had a chicane in the middle of it that joined on to where the Formula 1 cars yeah. come out between the stands. It was it was a bit weird. It was nice little track, yeah. but it's a little weird at the same time. their version of the stadium is better than the Formula 1 version, to be honest. Yeah, I, do. I yeah. think if they got rid of that final chicane before the, on, on the final bend around the back of the uh, stadium, then they would have had a lot more overtaking. Yeah, it's a bit rubbish that last chicane. Yeah, yeah. Sort of get a nice run from the final chord and yeah. onto the start finish would be good. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was it was a chaotic race, and I think that's that's kind of what made it entertaining. Um, so the initial thing started with a bit of contact on lap one, as you tend to get. So <laughs> I'm trying to remember who it was now. Somebody went into the back of Degrassi. And yeah, was it one of the Mahindras? Maybe. Um, it was the German. Engel. Engel, yeah. Mario Engel. So Mario Engel went into the back of Degrassi, damaging his front wing and Degrassi's rear wing. They then tried to stay out as long as possible with the damage, <laughs> thinking there's going to be a safety car. The safety car eventually comes. They pit, repair the damage. Uh, Oliver Turvey, shout out to him for a good quality performance yeah. put on pole in the first place. Even though Daniel Apt did technically qualify pole, but was disqualified for uh, invalid tyre pressures that were Which too low. The third or fourth time that's happened to one of the Apt cars, I think. Like, Degrassi's lost two wins in the last two seasons because they yeah. made, like, technical errors and stuff. It's The question is, is, are they doing it on purpose and trying to push the limit? And Because there's that age-old thing of, obviously, the, the heat of... Um, using the tyre mix yeah. a difference to its pressure doesn't it so it's maybe they're just pushing the limit it's like I don't know these things once or twice you can think that when it's happened yeah. several times to the same team you've got to start thinking maybe they're trying their luck a little bit yeah maybe but it, it was quite warm there though so I think maybe I if they were on the limit then the, the, if you know you only need a tiny little difference in track temperature to pull that tyre temperature up further than it needs to yeah. be yeah yeah I guess so pressure. you don't want to uh, I think it was minimal as well, the yeah, tyre pressures they were disqualified very small for. Like, we're talking, a, a, you know, a small amount as they could probably disqualify him for. So, um, But yeah, it was a, a good quality performance to start off the weekend from Turvey. And he led the race up until the car just gave up on him. It, 
he lost all battery power and then he couldn't recycle, restart the car and get it going again, which unfortunately yeah, it's gutting. saw him out of the race. Uh, on his birthday as well, the poor guy, 30th yeah. birthday, and you think he's got a pull, he can go on and do this, and then that happens. He yeah, so. was well on for a win as well. Yeah. Yeah, he was looking strong. He yeah. was looking strong. He was doing a good job of keeping everyone enough of on arm's length to... But the only the only concern, I suppose, was that he was using up a lot of battery power to do that. But I think he'd have managed because they didn't seem to need the full hundred percent for each stint, from what I saw. Because everyone did quite a short first stint and then managed to do a second stint. Yeah, I think that's a lot to do with how Degrassi was able to do such a big second stint. It wasn't like mm-hmm. a super um, heavy on power circuit, I guess. Yeah, it was, it yes. was definitely helped a lot by the extra safety car as well at the end. Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. Well, the. As we were saying, Turvey's stop on track caused another safety car. Even though he wasn't in too much of a dangerous spot, they had to move the car, which caused another safety car. So Degrassi and D'Ambrosio both decided to gamble on lap 17 or around that point when Turvey's car caused a safety car and come in and make the car change there, which we're talking about a 45-lap race here, so you're like a third of the way through, just over. 28-lap second stint. Yeah, um which was risky, uh, but the two of them <laughs> both went for it, and as everybody else came in for their stops, Degrassi managed to work his way from the back, effectively, after his damage on lap one, to the front, just in front of D'Ambrosio, and him and D'Ambrosio were some like 30 seconds ahead of those guys. Minimal battery power, obviously, yeah. but they had a huge gap. Um, and the safety car then, there was a, there was a crash later on that caused another safety car um oh no sorry no actually it wasn't a crash was it it was duval Loic duval Loic duval yes Loic duval had another failure similar to turvey's and he caused another safety car and it helped yet hindered degrassi and d'ambrosio i think because it helped them because they could run slow behind the safety car and conserve some energy but i think it also hindered them because that huge 30 second gap that they'd managed to break out was gone <laughs> and they had everyone on the t- on the tail specifically Jean-Éric Verne who was a man on a mission uh, and just couldn't seem to get past Ambrosio at all he seems all. like a new guy this season doesn't he since Verne left um, Virgin and moved teams he just seems on fire this year yeah I mean Sam Bird yeah. pretty much outdid him most of the time last year I think but uh... well he was he was right behind him at the weekend as well yeah, yeah. So, but yes, um, Vern may, finally made his way through after a lot of effing and jeffing <laughs> over the team radio. Uncensored <laughs> effing and jeffing, am I? Asking? Yeah, uncensored effing <laughs> and jeffing. I heard about three apologies. Uh, for, there was there was a little bit of it in French, a little bit of it in English. Uh, but yeah, it was all coming through. Uh, but Vern eventually managed to get past Ambrosio for second, but there was only a couple of laps left at that point, um, which meant that he was pretty much resigned to second and then Sam Bird pulled out what I think was probably the move of the race or one of at least um, by going round the outside of the old turn one sort of what is turn three effectively and then into four and five chicane but making that stick round the outside admittedly against a low on power D'Ambrosio because of the situation he was in but still it was a ballsy move, I think, to go oh, around yeah. the outside like that. Yeah, the, the whole rear is like he got he got pretty sideways making that move. 
Yeah, it was impressive. So that was on uh, who was that? That was on D'Ambrosio, wasn't it? That was Bird on D'Ambrosio. Oh, yeah, sorry, for I'm mixed up. I, I, I thought he'd done Vern for a second, but now it's no. It was it. It was almost did. There was a almost a three way fight at one point between the three of them because Vern was trying to get past D'Ambrosio and D'Ambrosio yeah. was blocking him, and then Bird was kind of looking for the inside <laughs> line upside Vern. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it was I, a, it was an interesting race between the three of them towards the end. Yeah, good, fantastic racing. Yeah, mm. <clears throat> and then there was the um, synchronized spinning from Lopez and Buemi, who made basically exactly the same mistake within a second of each other, which was yeah. excellent. That was yeah. so it, lucky not to come together as well. Yeah, they overlapped pretty much. Yeah, it was crazy that how that worked it, out. It was Lo- Lopez, like you say, made the mistake, and as he's kind of flicking the car round to drive off Buemi came in making exactly the same mistake and how they didn't touch yeah. or make significant contact I have no yeah, idea ridiculous like millimetres apart absolutely Def- millimetres yeah uh, and then last but not least what I'm blaming on Nico Prost hitting Nick Heidfeld um the two Mahindras hit each other. Yeah. And a Jaguar got involved slightly. Yeah. But I'm I'm blaming Nico Prost on this one. Would you um would you say you're wondering what he was doing at that point? I w- oh, do you know what? Yeah. Hang on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Out of the race goes Pecky Inui. And Maldonado tries to go around the outside of him. They almost touch, but they're not quite. But it was he over. Oh, they hit! Outside, Hamilton's in the wall! You can do Honestly, what the f*** are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, Nico Prost. <laughs> <laughs> Every time everyone's living it. Everyone's living it. Every time. It's good. It's it good. is a good soundbite. Ah. It's our best feature. <laughs> <laughs> the amazing soundbite I put together for the first show for a bit of a joke that's now become an ongoing thing. So yeah, the I'd say that's quite possibly the what the F are we doing moment. It was a bit desperate, weekend. wasn't it? I mean Yeah. Renault Dams just had a terrible race all around, didn't they really? Yeah, considering Buemi's won, what is was it four in a row that he won going back to last season? Maybe five. Um, did he win the last one at London? I, I can never remember. He, he did, yeah. Yeah, he won. He won in- but yeah, he'd won the first three of this season regardless, um, and absolutely dominated it to some respect as well in yeah. the first. Three. And then this weekend so. it was just all over the shop. Yeah, but the upshot of that was Jaguar scored their first points. Yes, fourth. Yeah, we're both for Jaguar. Fourth we're and both eighth cars in yeah. the points. Yeah, they were and. Gutierrez, the XF1 man, he managed to squeeze yeah. in for the final point as well. Yeah. So that's what that's how an F1 driver lines up on the Formula E grid, tenth. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, the majority of them are ex Formula One in some respect. Yeah, that is true. Janet Vern, uh, Degrassi, 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 Nelson Pico Jr., Pico Heidfeld, Ambrosio Buemi. It's like half the group of Gutierrez. Yeah. This is this podcast is turning to us naming Formula One. <laughs> Just reading a list of names. Yeah. But there's a lot of them. And there's been others as well, like um, Chanduk and Bruno Senna, our favourite. Yeah. <laughs> is he better than Bruno Senna? Benchmark of talent. Oh, have we done... Um, have we done... Giovinazzi on the Bruno Senna scale yet? Um, I don't know. Is he better than Bruno Senna? Yes, he's I better than he Bruno Senna. 
Yes, of course he is. I feel like this feature needs like a sound effect or something or a little jingle we to do, introduce it. Yeah, yeah, we need a jingle for Is he better than Bruno Senna? <laughs> <laughs> yes. We'll think of something between now and the next episode, <laughs> yeah, which will I'm, be the roundup for the Chinese Grand Prix. I may have Sunday. just I may have just used the theme tune for Little House on the Prairie there. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do. Yeah, we can use that. <laughs> Is he better than Bruno Senna? Da, 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 da. The, the copyright must have expired on that by now, right? Yeah. It's got to be more than like 70 years old. Anyway. <laughs> we digress. Uh, this is one I think that is definitely you, the pair of your remit. Is that a way of saying that? Do those sure. words make sense in Let's a sentence? It's your remit more than mine, but Toyota fastest in the first World Endurance Championship tests. Yeah, I think yeah. worth noting just because after Audi dropping out um, at the end of last season, it, this could so easily have been just Porsche dominating for an entire yeah. season here because Toyota were very much third fastest last year. Um, but yeah, it's good to see them actually. I mean, obviously, you know, it always comes with the usual it's only testing caveat, but they seem to be sort of on the similar pace for the entire test, which is which is promising. It actually bodes well for a decent WEC season. The uh, the testing's done at Monza, isn't it? That first test. The first one was, yeah. 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 Where, where's the next one? It's a great question. That you cannot answer. <laughs> would that be at? Um, wouldn't be at Spa, would it? I thought they just test at Spa, don't they? They may do. I think they do. Um, Paul Ricard as well at some point. But yeah, I think I think worth noting. Mm. Yeah, purely for the fact that it it means we might actually get a decent season hopefully and not just the Porsches fighting each other sounds good which would sounds be nice good to me. we can hope because you, you do want that it's it's exactly the same as the whole are Ferrari now competitive compared to Mercedes thing yeah. it's that exact same thing of it's all nice having an inter-team fight two cars from the same team but it's just not as thrilling as two teams going head to head because you've always got a suspicion in the back of your mind that this team orders when it's two teammates you've always got it like the last couple of years with Hamilton and Rosberg were prime examples where you know the first season well not season just gone season before 2015 it was all kind of is this all in Hamilton's favour and so on and so forth and then last season when the engineering team swapped it was all oh well it's all in Rosberg's favour now like it just people will try and make conspiracy theories up based on the fact that it's an inter-team fight. Plus, uh, sorry, the, it's an inner inside team. Yeah. Fight. Plus, like the wheel-to-wheel racing generally is always going to be a bit more cautious with teammates as well. Unless it's those two and those two. Yeah, that they kind of books that trend, but WEC it definitely is. Yeah. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I'll just always be sad that um, Alonso didn't move over while Mark Webber was still there. I'd love to have seen those two racing them on together. Yeah. yeah, Mark Webber did his best yeah. to convince him as well. Yeah, my dad was signing that uh, McLaren contract. And to be honest, I think considering the way he's probably Look, going yeah. to McLaren, he wishes he had probably got to World Enduro. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of which, yeah. oh yeah, leads us very um, nicely into McLaren. Yeah, leads very nicely into uh, McLaren expecting to be even worse in China. Yeah, believe it or not, they them, though? think they can be worse. I mean, yeah. With that straight and that engine, it's yeah. 
I wouldn't say it's a power track, but it is the longest straight in F1, which involves engine power. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to to see where they end up <laughs> because I don't think they've got much hope. Uh, it's kind of why I've got a feeling that Mercedes will probably be a little more dominant this weekend coming I up as well. I suspect so, yeah. Just purely based on that. I, th- I think we might see a two-by-two-by-two, two by two, as in... Two Mercs, two Ferraris, two Red Bulls, probably because they're they're the top six cars from what we've seen in Australia. Quite possibly, but yeah. I think that's the standings in terms of power as well. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, Eric Boulier said uh, Shanghai is known to be an unpredictable weekend. Blah, 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 tough on cars, tyres and power units. I can predict that we won't be as fortuitous with our pace compared to our rivals as we were in Australia. Which, uh, to be fair, Alonso was running 10th for a while, so I guess that was fairly fortuitous. But Yeah, and no, it's, it's a weird one, isn't it? It's, yeah. Is that because of other retirements, or is that just because... Uh, I don't know. It's a hard track to judge pace on. Um, and I heard... Um, Oh, Patrick Head say something about Australia before Australia, which kind of most people in F1 will will get. But it's the fact that Williams in the past have been competitive with front runners at um, Australia and Lotus a couple of, a few years ago now with Raikkonen winning yeah. it at Australia. You know, cars can seem competitive there, but then you'll go to China and it's you're true, suddenly actually. way off. And then you realise where you actually are in terms of pace. And I think it is one of those kind of bogey tracks and it, it throws you off a little as to where people are, um, which is why I think that Ferrari won't be as on the tail yeah, as I think of Mercedes as they were last weekend. China and Bahrain are going to give us a much better idea of the pecking order, I think, aren't they? However, if they yeah. are behind the Mercedes, they will have no trouble following them because there's, no. there's one thing I noticed watching the Australian Grand Prix was that that Ferrari looked very very comfortable behind the Mercedes it didn't mm. look, it didn't yeah. skip a beat same with um, Verstappen following Raikkonen for all those laps as well it didn't look yeah. like it was getting chucked around too much in the dirty air did it it's it's interesting because obviously the the general consensus was that it will be difficult to follow but it didn't seem to be all that difficult to follow yes overtaking was difficult to get yourself in position but i don't know people weren't struggling to follow so much i don't think um and we were seeing drs aided passes like i don't know about 50 percent of the passes were under drs which you kind of expect i suppose don't you yeah. while that technology is in there but that means it would have had like <laughs> 15 15 overtakes if it wasn't for drs so yeah. We'll, we'll know a lot I more. Know. I think after this weekend, we'll know a lot more about whether or not overtaking is going to be a major issue. With that big, long straight, overtaking, I don't think, on this in this particular race, will be that much of an issue. If they can follow him the way, they, the way Vettel was following Hamilton at the start of the race, once you get onto that big, long straight and you've got these high downforce cars punching a huge hole in the air with the big, wide tyres, then mm. you don't need any of that downforce on that straight. So That's true. We could true. see a lot of cars. You, you, we could get a situation like Bahrain, I think, 2014, where the cars sort of broke up into two packs quite early in the race and they were all slipstreaming each other down the straights and 
and yeah. having a whale of a time. <laughs> we can hope. That, no, that is a good point, I think. Although it's it's tough on engines and stuff like that, I think most teams are kind of... There's not many engine problems, so to speak, at the minute, is there? It's it's more other components. I think the only team really struggling with engines are McLaren. So I don't know. If I suppose this this I'm going too far into predictions game. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play my hand for predictions game yeah, just be yet. Careful. Move on to that momentarily. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a bit. Okay, so no amount of camera angles could make the McLaren look any quicker. Oh, so you did that. Is that a, uh... <laughs> that's, a, that's a good feed into our next article. <laughs> but yeah, Alex Verts wants new camera angles. Um, yeah, so he was he was chatting a bit mm-hmm. about the new cars and saying how he likes them and they feel like proper authentic race cars again. Um, but he also said that he feels like the TV feed needs to go away from the sort of idea of having big, wide-open lenses um, to having lots of kind of closer, faster shots to just make the cars generally look faster. And I know me and Stu have talked about this before because Formula E does a really bad job of this. I think their Formula E likes to concentrate too much on lots of nice wide shots to show off the city centres they're racing in. And as a result, the yeah. cars look really slow on TV. Yeah. There is there is a few camera angles I've seen in Formula E, though, that are really nice angles. Yeah. And they're sort of... They're kind of in apexes of corners yeah. and in barriers and things, and you get to see the car literally flying through these little chicanes that they're building. Um, and... Those are some good shots, and yeah. um, we don't seem to have a huge number of those in F one. No. You sometimes get the curb cameras that are kind of looking up where the cars over whizzing over the top, but that's about it, really. Yeah. Well, I can tell you I where guess... they do look really good is the swimming pool chicane at um, at Monaco when they're flicking yeah. left, right, and, oh. and oh, yeah. you know you're oh. flying through those corners. <laughs> more, more of that. You know, give us more camera angles like that. I guess part of that is in Monaco and on most Formula E tracks, you can stick a camera pretty much on the edge of the track, whereas yeah. most F1 circuits, you've got acres and acres mm. of runoff before you can put a camera down. So There is a button on the camera, though, Chris, that you can <laughs> They could operate that button to us. Could do about that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I see his point. I see his point, but I know they're faster. Yeah, and yeah. I know that they're like they're the fastest cars in the world, more or less. I see his point, but there's a limit. You need to yeah, be able totally. to watch two hours of racing. Well, an hour and a half of these racing now, an hour quicker. But um, you... what you need is you need those kind of camera angles peppered in where it's there's not a huge amount going on. Maybe a little bit of strategies playing out. Yeah, to fill those little boring voids that you do get that Channel Four would normally cut out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just here and there, certain parts of the track. I only use them occasionally. Yeah, mm. just at key key points in the race. Because if if you had it, if the whole race was that kind of action cam sort of shots, then exhausting. You'd have an epileptic fit. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to, be able to watch the whole <laughs> that, thing. 
I think though that the traditional kind of the, those wide camera angles at the end of a straight going into turn one, those kind of a camera angles that you see. Yeah. Think how good that three cars abreast the Ocon Hulkenberg Alonso move. That looked incredible as they came yeah, down the straight together. True. They were all in a line, and then they spread out all three of them. That from that camera angle, that looked awesome and fast. Yeah. The way that they all spread and it's that was one of my favourite shots from the race. Yeah, that just it was the fact that this explosion of all three of them yeah, spreading out. Where they swung past the camera and the camera yeah. swung around with yeah. them, and then they go around to one. That was a cool, cool shot. Yeah, and I, I think what you don't want to lose is with all these new camera angles that Vert's is suggesting. You don't want to lose things like that because it's things like that that make you go, "Wow, that is going to look interesting on the next angle." And then you've got the next angle from turn one of them all diving into the corner together. You see the lockups and stuff, and yeah, that's that's the bit that kind of gets me going when I'm watching it. Yeah, F1. it's very cinematic when you get those kinds of shots. I think that's what yeah. Alex Wurtz is trying to say. Anyway, it wants a bit more, more yeah. a bit more cinema involved in the filming of the of the show. Yeah, I can I can get down with that. <laughs> So, shall we move on to predictions for China then, gentlemen? Yes, yes. let's. Shall we very quickly recap Australia for those who may not have heard it last episode? Go on then. Oh, go on then. Yeah, you, I know you'll want this. <laughs> you'll definitely want this. I think I've got a few, not so much. I've got a feeling I may have already peaked this year, so I'm going to milk it for all it's worth. <laughs> so, when it came to Australia, Chris did take away a lead, but only a slender one. Uh, he managed to correctly get both pole sitter and winner in Hamilton and Vettel, respectively, uh, which earned him a point apiece, putting him on two points. And then the rest of it was basically my domain, <laughs> where we were doing first retirement, random race, uh, sorry, random drivers finish and number of finishes, where none of us were correct, but I was closest on all three, earning me half a point on each. So that gave me a point and a half. So I'm keeping you in touch, Chris, but then... Mm-hmm. Poor old Stu mm. is on the... nil point zero. He's uh... you are the McLaren of <laughs> oh, this podcast. No, oh, no he's, he's the um, Danny Ricardo. He's not even started yet. Yeah, I've not even got, I've not even got <laughs> the grid. I'm at the back of the grid. We... It's a long season. We... Long old season. I... You're going to fit one of those into every episode, <laughs> kind of, aren't you? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, we did all right at China between us as a yeah. group effort. Mine, mine from a Poland winner perspective, were just out there left field. I'm not surprised. Stu, you were unlucky to be fair because uh, you had Hamilton and Vettel just the wrong way around. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. very. Uh, I think soul destroying. I think is the word. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're taking this as seriously as you should be. <laughs> I think I'm already starting to take this too seriously because I now am thinking, instead of thinking, who would I like to see win this within reason, like I did last time, <laughs> I'm now thinking, what is realistically going to happen here? So, should we start with Paul Sitter? Let's. Who do you think will take Paul this weekend on Saturday? Who wants to go first? Um, I will go first this week Ooh. since <laughs> I, have, I am at the back of the grid. Um, I will go Hamilton for Paul this week can't argue with your logic there no i was already also thinking hamilton which is and really boring but 
I'm going to be really boring as well and no, say Hamilton. We all want to win now. <laughs> we all want to win now. It's not as fun as it was two weeks ago. The problem there is we either all don't get a point or all get a point, so it's kind of yeah. immaterial. Yeah. I'm almost tempted to take but, a risk, but I just can't see anyone else getting pole this weekend. I think the only other person with a good shout is probably going to be Bottas because he wasn't that far off Hamilton in Australia, realistically. You know, it was, it was marginally behind Vettel. Well. Um, and I think the car's going to be fast in China. Funny you should say that because I'm going to go out on a limb and say Bottas for the win. Ooh. Bottas for the win. Yeah. You've taken on my Finnish fascination. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to play safe and I'm just going to say Hamilton again. Oh, you're both going to do that, aren't you? You bastards. No, no. Ooh, no, no. I, I think I, I, I'm I, going to go Vettel for the win. Ooh, again. wow. Because I, I just think the way that car follows <laughs> other cars, it's got something that the others haven't. I think the Ferraris are in a really, really good shot this season. I like how Stu's going with a tried and tested formula of... Hamilton pole, Vettel winner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Could happen again eventually. Yeah, absolutely could. Eventually, she's going to get it right, the right around. With an infinite number of uh, <laughs> what? What we're going to do if Stu gets this correct but incorrect at the same time again, and Vettel ends up on pole? <laughs> so basically, what we do is we let Stu guess every week, and then yeah. just take take the opposite of what Stu says. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's next category, Chris? Next category is first retirement. Oh, who's going first on this one? Shall I, do, I suppose I have to yeah, go first. Yeah, you can go first. Um, hmm. I'm going to put it down as. Would you like to know the list of retirements from the last race in order? None. No. 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 This is. Oh, the last race. Oh, sorry. I thought you meant last Chinese Grand Prix. No, no. I mean from oh. Australia. Who retired in Australia? Just for um, context. Well, first... Oh, no, I've already forgot. <laughs> According to the official results, the first was Grosjean. Uh, yes. Then Palmer, Ericsson, Ricardo, Stroll, Magnussen, Alonso. Do you know what? It's not where I was going to go until you said that, but Palmer... Hmm... Sorry, Jolian. <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to say Palmer because he didn't look comfortable in the car all weekend in Australia. And we obviously know the car's got some problems because of the problems that they've had in general. So I think that's a double whammy where it could go, unfortunately, to him, the first retirement. Okay. I don't know if you can hear, but I've suddenly got a... A Singapore Grand Prix style fireworks display going on outside my window. So if you can hear oh, something, that's what it is. Since I'm literally <laughs> five minutes away from you, Chris, I can also hear that fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a significant one going on. Yeah. Um, anyway, is, is that in celebration of uh, Tom's prediction? Do you think? Yeah, that's it. Someone really <laughs> likes the prediction. Yeah, they know. Um, on that note, my prediction for first retirement, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go away from the McLarens this time. I'm <laughs> going to say I'm gonna follow Tom's example from last time round and go for Lance Stroll. Yeah, well, hopefully for you two, we won't be strolling into the barriers. 
Oh, he's on fire with his puns. Uh, <laughs> uh, I am going to go for Ericsson. Interesting. I have absolutely no reason why, but let's go for Ericsson. I think what it actually is, is I want Giovinazzi to do better than Ericsson. <laughs> Subliminal. <laughs> well, it could happen. Uh, should we do a number of finishes next? Yes. We'll do a number of finishes next, yeah. So Australia was 13. We were all pretty far away from that, actually. Mm, very far away. Whose turn is it to go first? Yeah. Uh, Chris, it's your turn to go first in this one. I'm going to go for 16 this time. 16 finishes. Slightly um, more optimistic. Tom? Well, as I alluded to a little earlier with a comment I made when I thought we were talking about the last Chinese Grand Prix, surprisingly, everyone finished it last season. Really? Uh, all 22 drivers finished last season. And it is hard on engines, but that tends to be about it. So I'm going to say 20. Wow. I, I think we'll get... Because everyone's pretty much on top of the engines, um, except McLaren. Yeah. <laughs> so I think if any engines are going to go, it's going to be theirs. Um, and then So maybe a McLaren engine to blow and somebody else to make a silly mistake somewhere. But everybody finished last season. Okay, I um, then will go. Ooh, uh, I'm gonna go 19 finishes for Ooh. for the exact same reasons. McLaren Very optimistic. Go, but I don't think I don't think there'll be uh, too many spinners. I think both McLarens and Lance Stroll will probably. Uh, There's not much to crash into at China, is there? No, no. Other than other cars. Interesting. I've just can we just stop for a second? I've just made a horrible realization. What's that? There are mm-hmm. in fact ten teams this year, aren't there? Yes. And oh shit, yeah. And uh, we predicted that twenty cars will finish, which would be all ten. And nineteen. Teams. Well, you've done yeah. a silly there, haven't you guys? Oh, don't you? Are you? You're not. <laughs> are you going to make us stick with these predictions? <laughs> I think, oh, it's I think unfortunately I think unfortunately do we have to? Do we have to, Stu? I don't know. Well I think I think really the true predictions sort of I can I... see you highlighting <laughs> them in the document and preparing to change them. I, don't know. I I will I'll allow you to apply your logic to the real number of cars. Yeah. Okay. That's what we've done. So Tom's predictions eighteen and mine's seventeen. So sixteen, seventeen, yeah. eighteen. So I'm right in the middle of you two both again. And I will then laugh my head off when everybody finishes again and 20 would have been spot on. (laughs) (laughs) And I only get half a point instead of a full one. Yeah, Yeah, that is a good spot, Stu. Sorry, Manor, we thought you were still here. You're still here with us in spirit, that's what it is. Yeah. You're still with us in spirit, Manor. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and now a random driver. Um, I can we fire up the random generation machine? Our sponsor, not sponsor, random.org. Ooh, that's a good one. This, oh, this week we have got Antonio Giovinazzi. <laughs> this is the Giovinazzi appreciation episode, Mark Two, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every episode is a Giovinazzi appreciation episode. So, 
for context again, last race he finished 12th of 13 finishers. Who wants to go first on this one? Uh, random driver Giovinazzi. Uh, it's my turn to go first, I think. Go for it. If you're um, willing to, go for it. I think... Where did he come last time? Sorry, what were we saying? Because I, I was very busy thinking of... <laughs> last time he came 12th of 13 finishers. 12th of 13. Uh, 13 finishers, 12. I will say 15th. Damn, that's what I was going to go for. You can go for the same thing. Mm, yeah, I'm going to go 15th as well. And Tom? Um... Judging by the fact I'm going 18 finishers, I'm going to have to say 14th. 14th? I have confidence in that man and his ability. I definitely think he'll finish the race, but I can't see him getting points anytime soon, sadly. If, if he doesn't finish the race, it won't be through any fault of his own. You've heard that here first. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Bold claim. Yeah. Okay. Can I have a can I have a bonus point if it if he finishes the race now? No, oh. absolutely not. <laughs> Worth a try. <laughs> so, so that's the predictions. Predictions are in. Um, for those of you at home listening that kind of played along, like I know some of you have, actually let us know what your predictions are because it makes it even more fun. And if you do it regularly enough, we can include you in the leaderboard, and you can get above Stu because it's not that difficult. Yeah, and one day you might even—you might—I'm not promising anything, but you might one day, maybe, maybe, win a prize. Maybe, maybe. <sighs> That's not a bad shout, though. Why? Why don't we see who can give us good predictions, and then maybe if you beat all of us, we'll give you a prize. Yeah, I mean, so you've got to beat all, all of us because people will always beat us. <laughs> Stu, Stu has promised that he will give someone a prize. <laughs> Stu is going to buy a weekend ticket silver yeah. for anyone who can beat him this week. Yeah. We need a disclaimer at the end of this podcast, don't we? <laughs> Terms of conditions apply. Yeah. <laughs> his memory a really fast voice to read it out. Yeah. In seriousness, though, uh, do tweet your predictions for pull winner versus retirement. Uh, Giovinazzi's finishing position and the number of finishers for this weekend's Chinese Grand Prix uh, or send them to us on Facebook or go on our website backofthegrid.com and reply to our articles with your guesses and we will include you and your predictions in the show. Yes, interact with us it's 2017 for God's sake (laughs) (laughs) Interaction is key (laughs) Tweet us and Snapchat us, is that what the kids do these days? Snap us Snap us that would be plausible if we had a Snapchat, Damn. but we don't. Well, we've got an Instagram, haven't we? Inst- we have got an Instagram. Instagram us. Gram us, as the kids say. Drop us a sweet gram. I'm going to shut up, Dan. <laughs> so let's round off with a hearty goodbye, chaps. Yeah, and we'll see um, you in China. Not in China. We won't be in China. <laughs> It'd be nice, though, but maybe one day. Yeah, there's a few races. Well, there's a few races. We, we may attend some races this season. Maybe. Hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll try. We'll try. <laughs> we're um, we're going to attend everything except the Formula One, I think, because we're going to World Enduro if we can. We're going to British Touring Cars, or at least I am. Um, Maybe a bit of World Rallycross. 
Yeah. yeah. Come so with us. there's lots of events we're going to, yeah. but just none of them Formula come, One. Come and find us at these events. Interact with us. It's 2017, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, I will round us off by just saying uh, that if you do want to interact with us, because it's 2017, for God's sake. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Back of the Grid F1. You can also find us on Facebook by just searching Back of the Grid or going facebook.com slash Back of the Grid F1. You can find our website, backofthegrid.com, and our Instagram, which is also <laughs> Back of the Grid. So there you go. Interact with us. Enjoy your race weekend, ladies and gentlemen, and we will see you Sunday post race. Say bye. 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 Goodbye. Shoo. Robot voice has got to go on the end. Yeah, definitely. That's the best outtake i've ever heard but as you may have noticed i am joined back as usual by chris evans and Stu greenwood i like, I like that, that three episodes, episodes in we've already, already only got, got one person who's turned, turned up for all of them <laughs> wow i can hear you like with the world's most incredible echo chris yeah, oh, really? suddenly gone a bit uh twin peaks has, has that, that happened just to start recording oh god <laughs> So weird. <laughs> what has happened? I wonder how that's happened. Hang on. It's incredible. Well, there's, well, there's your post credits. <laughs> incredible. Oh. 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 I don't know what's happened. <laughs> Oh, please stop. I even took oh, one. Is, you, can't, you can't change your mic once it's started, I don't think. <laughs> should, should we go again? <laughs> we'll go again. Um, <laughs> stop. Stop. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's echoes. It's giggles echoing. Oh. Oh, has, has that, that changed, changed it? it? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>